first pass through the joke, I didn't quite understand. Mm. Now I get it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Is this a reminder to reconnect with that awareness of one being part of the whole from the universe, this joke. Absolutely. Welcome to episode number eight. We're going to be exploring the universe's joke in this episode of the Rich Life Realization podcast. And of course, it's going to be a knock-knock joke. So I want to have someone with me. And Steph is back. Steph Stewart, uh, you might have remembered her from episode number, I think it was episode number three. And we talked about the river of well-being. Welcome back, Steph. Hi, I'm so happy to be here. I absolutely can't wait. I hope the joke is terrible (laughs) (laughs) in the best way possible. Well, (laughs) it's not really going to be punny or anything like that. Mm. It's not going to be a groaner. Mm. Uh, It will maybe spark some insight Mm. and maybe maybe a little bit of laughter i don't know we'll, we'll we'll have to see well i'm really excited you've been, you've got me hooked i'm ready to hear it wow okay well heck let's let's dive in and then we'll discuss it afterward so here is the universe's joke like i said it's a knock-knock joke, of course, like, because that's that's like the, the simplest kind of joke. Kids know knock-knock jokes. Mm-hmm. So I think it would make sense that, that the universe's joke was, was a knock-knock joke. And this, this was a joke that came to me. I just was like, well, thinking about the universe's joke that, that I felt like I had gotten and was in on. And I said, well, okay, what if it was a knock-knock joke? What would it be? So here it is. The universe knocks on the door. Knock, knock. Who's there? You. (laughs) Me? (laughs) Uh Uh-oh. It's deep. It's really deep. I'm at the door. And then you. You who? Can you believe I forgot how to tell a knock-knock joke? (laughs) Okay. You who? You too. Okay. Yeah. You who? (laughs) So we'll, we'll tell a story. You're at home, hanging out, doing your laundry, you're doing important things and maybe 
getting all the chores done. And it, it all seems very important. You're keeping yourself busy. I've got my to-do list. I'm going to knock them off and feel so proud of myself. <laughs> and you hear a knock at the door. It's, it's crisp and it's clear. And you think to yourself, well, who's at the door at this time of day? It's probably some salesman, but I've got like a no soliciting sticker. So I have no idea who's going to be out there. I don't know. They, they probably ignored the sticker. They're knocking on my door. Probably a Boy Scout or... <laughs> <laughs> you feel a little bit annoyed. Oh, and put down the laundry basket. Oh, and you start to move towards the door. Now, this is where it gets a little interesting. Because you, you have a sense that there's somebody important at the door. That like a head of state is going to be out there. Like whoa okay it, it's just this weird sense it kind of flashes in your mind and then you have a thought about well who am i to be visited by such important people uh, the head of state and and that kind of flashes out of your mind as as you start to walk towards the door and of course, nobody answers the door directly, right? They they look out the window nowadays to see, and you look out the window, and there's nobody there. Okay. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Haunted house. No, no. <laughs> oh no. Or or maybe it's it's a a doorbell ditcher, something like that. And you so you open the door. And you still don't see anybody. You you kind of peer around the neighborhood. You look behind the bushes. And you, you still don't see anybody out there. And so you're a little bit confused. You're like, okay, it wasn't some salesman. It wasn't some head of state. Somebody's playing a prank on me. You know that you heard the knock on the door. Like you, okay, maybe my mind is playing tricks on me or somebody's playing a, a prank. That's what it is. Okay, so, so you, you go to close the door, but something holds your hand. It, it's, it's shut, it's almost shut, it's, it's cracked. Something stays your hand. You open the door back up and you look out and you start to see some of the details that you missed before, like, like a car passing. You hear the birds cawing. Right now we have crows outside of our house and our trees and they're just like ah! 
yes. <laughs> and you might hear the tweet of a bird or, or but I'm hearing crows. You look around and instead of looking for someone, you know, looking behind the bushes, you, you actually notice some of the details that, that were there before. But it's kind of like you're seeing it for the first time. It feels different. It feels almost more more vibrant. The, the sky looks a little bit more azure blue. It looks a little bit more vivid. The trees, the grass. Okay. So you get a little curious and you you're, you almost feel super silly about asking this next question, but you're going to do it anyway. Feels a little bit weird, but hey, whatever, there was a knock on the door, maybe I'm hearing things. But I'm going to ask anyway. A little bit timidly, who's there? You don't expect a response at all. You expect to go back to your your laundry and forget all about this weird little moment. But something answers you. And it sounds like it's coming from right behind you. It says, you. And you look behind you, you look over your shoulder, and there's nothing there. There was a voice clear as day. You weren't, you weren't sure that you've heard that voice, but, but it seems so familiar to you. Actually, yeah, you have heard that voice before. But it's not the voice of, of it. You didn't recognize it at first because it's not the voice of any person that you know in your life. It sounded completely different. And you stop for a second, feeling a little bit bewildered. And you think about, who are you? You just pause and are you your personality? Are you your job? Are you your relationships? Are you, are you something more or something less? Who are you really on here on the surface level? Who are you deep down? Is it the same? Maybe, maybe it is. Maybe one is the true you or, or this one is the true you or the true you goes to work or the true you is the only you that you show to your loved ones. Okay. 
again, you feel a little bit silly. You look out at the neighborhood. There's nobody there. There's nobody behind you, even though you heard the voice. And you say, you who? And this time the answer comes like that. And it says, you too. And it sounds like a church bell in a closet. It resonates through your whole, not just your body, your whole being. It's like, it almost shocks the system. Wow. Me too. I am a part of all of this. Mm. I am made of stardust. I am I am a piece, but still a part of this grand majesty that words cannot even describe. And you feel that. You feel it in your heart. And that just radiates. Oh. Feel it. Yeah. It's awesome. And And, and then the universe, you realize that's, that's what knocked, that's what answered you. The universe, it starts laughing at you. <laughs> like, like laughing in your face. <laughs> like... Because it's laughing at you because you asked who who's there to the universe and it's laughing at you so much. You almost are like taken aback and you, you almost start to feel bad about yourself. Like, like it feels like, like there's just this echo of laughter coming at you and you want to shrink away and you want to go and hide but you can't hide from the universe. You could try and go into the closet, but it's there. The universe with. is in there too. Yeah. Yeah. And so you, instead of, instead of, hiding and 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 calling together like like a turtle or a, <laughs> or a bug that 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 hides its vulnerable parts you you start laughing and you laugh right back at the universe you laugh in its face <laughs> and you know 
you know that the universe doesn't care. That it wants you to laugh in its face. It thinks it's funny too. The first pass through the joke. I didn't quite understand. Mm. Now I get it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So is this a reminder to reconnect with that awareness of be one being part of the whole from the universe, this joke. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah. When you were describing um, looking outside and seeing details, mm -hmm. I was thinking heightened awareness, mm. you know, uh, higher resolution. Yeah. Not looking for the subject, but just seeing what's actually there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because their brains filter out so much information. Mm -hmm. Because we're usually looking for something. Right. Or maintaining focus on something like mm -hmm. on our phone or on just the one task, on the video game, on the work item. Mm -hmm. I work from home and I don't see my living room. I just see my computer. Yeah, which which is okay. It's not like you you have to have a three D experience every every single right. moment. Maybe you could. And I think that if you start to look towards this, that you'll see that more often. Mm -hmm. It might happen more naturally. It might be closer to the mm -hmm. default state. Yeah. I think a lot of um, people who meditate mm -hmm. an awful lot. I feel like meditation, at least for me, is sort of that experience of connectedness and seeing what's around without really focusing too long on any one thing. Mm. Mm -hmm. It's kind they of a 3D experience. Yeah, that and, and that's more of like an open awareness meditation. Yeah. They did this really interesting science study. I'll have to look look up the, the details on it, where they had these experienced meditators and non-meditators, and they played them the sound of a drum. Mm -hmm. And they found that the experienced meditators and they measured their, their, their audio brain, how it lights up. Mm -hmm. And most of us get used to that noise and we, we drown it out. We, mm -hmm. we get used to it and, and then it becomes less and less impactful. Mm -hmm. And they were found, they were finding that 
the experienced meditators, it would sound the exact same. It would have the same impact from the first time to the 50th time. And that for the less experienced, it would, the impact would slowly degrade. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. The constancy of the awareness in a state of meditation versus the, yeah, the, um, I, I want to say that our, <laughs> just hazarding a guess that, that that tendency sounds like it might be something that's sort of survival-based. I hear the thing, I assess, is this a threat or not? Mm -hmm. Is it not a threat? Okay, I can probably then relax ignore. and ignore right. it. Potentially, maybe. <laughs> yeah, wow, there's so much there. That's kind of the interesting thing too, because we're built for survival and we're living in this world of comfort where we're, we don't really, we don't need those skills anymore. And so that really 99% of our fear is not useful. Mm -hmm. It's really just coming from our own thinking. Mm -hmm. So social anxiety, fear of public speaking, phobias, they come from our thoughts. And when you walk up to a cliff, maybe a little bit of fear is healthy. And it's telling you about the danger. Mm -hmm. But now in our society, 99%, 99.99% of our lives, the fear is only just telling us about where our thoughts are. Mm -hmm. So did this, did this um, story and joke come to you in a particular moment or was this a collection of thoughts over time? Mm. It, it came to me because I, I had the one insight where I was sitting and a, a, a leaf came in a perfect spiral on the on the way down to the ground and then i just busted out laughing i thought i was going to have some, <laughs> some like like oh the spiral nature of the universe but i i just started laughing hysterically my wife thought i was crazy in the backyard what are you laughing at and i had no idea and it all seemed funny to me like all of the challenges that i'd been through i'd been through some pretty serious health challenges and it was it was funny to me and and so I I heard about this there's an idea of this cosmic joke hmm. and I I think I got it and but I can't explain it up here mm -hmm. I, I <laughs> yeah. it, it's it's kind of like one that you get and and maybe I don't know if you get the joke or if anybody out there gets the joke <laughs> or, or is looking for the joke. Well, not, not to, not to 
dissect it too much to kill it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah right. Um, so part of my schooling, uh, I was lucky enough to study abroad and uh, take a, a course on comedy in my travels um, from a professor who was sort of an expert in uh, old timey music hall uh, sort of vaudeville performances. And what he taught in the course that I'm thinking of now is that the heart of comedy is contrast mm. between what you expect and what actually happens. That that's, that's the heart of comedy. That's where comedy lives. So on the very first day of the class, he had us play what they called grandmother's footsteps, what we would call red light, green light, um, where there's a person turning around uh, saying red light, green light, and you're tr you, the rest of the class is approaching them and trying not to get caught moving, if that sounds familiar from childhood. And he had split the class into two groups and one group was watching while the other group was doing the game and then we switched places and it was so fun. We were having such a good time watching each other. Um, he added an objective, he put his keys on the ground. So you were trying to get the keys back across the, the starting line. Mm -hmm. And afterward he sat us down and he said, now this is one of the most boring games there is. Grandmother's Footsteps is not a fun game. <laughs> it's a boring <laughs> game, it's boring to play, it's boring to watch, his choice or uh, his, his preference. But he said, why was it so much fun? And, and the truth was that um, we, I think we were all expecting it to be, um, straightforward, easy. It's a child's game, but then mm -hmm. everyone in the class was very invested. And so the, the reality of what happened was that it, everyone was, you know, making big moves and strategizing as a team and, you know, and so it became this very funny, fun experience. And every joke has some kind of subversion of your expectations, some contrast. So maybe it's the you who to you too. Mm -hmm. That's where the humor lives. But also the who's there you. Yeah. I love that too. <laughs> Not the answer I was expecting, but okay. <laughs> yeah. Because that's the thing. You if you are part of the universe, mm -hmm. it is both you that knocks on the door and you that answers it. Mm -hmm. But of course, what we're expecting to happen is there is a knocker and an answerer mm -hmm. and they're not the same person. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. I was sitting in bed. This is the second part of the answer that, that you had asked. I was sitting in bed and I was thinking about the universe's joke and I was like, well, what is the universe's joke? And I'm like, of course it probably is some like knock knock joke because that, that's like the lamest joke that there is. And so I'm like, okay, yeah, it's a knock-knock joke. And then I started to 
think about, okay, what would be the universe's knock talk joke? And that then that that's how it came to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think you nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Did you mean for, did you mean for um, the arrival of the joke to come across as kind of a flash of insight? Mm. I didn't, I wasn't looking for that when I first saw it. I was looking to, to kind of say, okay, what, what is this, ex- what is this experience? What is this, this joke that I'm getting? Mm-hmm. And you were tuned in. Yeah, yeah. Ah. So would you say this came from your creative genius? Oh, probably, probably. Or or mind in the principles. Yeah. Or you can call it whatever you want. Uh, I'm taking a class on the quantum field this weekend. Very cool. You can call it that. You can call it creative intelligence. You can call it some people aren't comfortable with the G word mm-hmm. because it it contains judgment for a lot of people. And I, I, I don't want there to be judgment when I say it mm-hmm. because really it's the absence of judgment. It's the love that's underneath. It's mm-hmm. when love I say acceptance word, and understanding. Yeah. Mm-hmm acceptance understanding the you were talking about the the force that heals your your cuts that could be called god mm. <laughs> mm-hmm. i know that's a trigger word so that i i try not to use it too often but you can call it whatever you want okay and then and this is the best part of the joke. The universe has always been knocking. Mm. And will knock forevermore. <laughs> no? Yeah. Does it ever stop? I don't think so. Yeah. I think that there's a there's a conversation to be had there about um, attention, mm. focused attention, mm-hmm. and um, where you choose to focus your attention, and whether or not that is closer to this knowledge of your place fitting in this with the universe Mm. or if it's more disconnected solo I'm out here on my own individual my laundry my chores versus um the broader picture Mm. Mm -hmm. because I think it I think it really does break through even when we're doing laundry Mm -hmm. it will break through 
and we'll just be reminded for a couple of seconds. Oh yeah. And you start to hear it knocking. Mm -hmm. And the first time you're like, oh, oh, okay. <laughs> okay, I have the universe at my door. I've never noticed before. That's kind of cool. Absolutely. We forget and then we, we go about our lives. You go back to your laundry. And you go back to your daily life and and then you remember again. Mm -hmm. And you when when you're in the some of the most challenging times of our lives that's actually the universe knocking at you to tell you that it's there when you are in the throes of of anger or depression or feeling some of the most challenging emotions that's actually the universe knocking. Mm. It's telling you to remember mm -hmm. Is there any um is there any element of uh, relinquishing control? in that relationship with the universe? Oh yeah, oh yeah. We, we try to control with our personal minds mm -hmm. and we don't have to. The universal mind can guide us if we let it, if we, we give up our pen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. In a way, um, that's almost what I think of. That's my next natural thought with um, really seeing, like really perceiving that everything that's in your field of vision versus looking for one thing. Mm. The difference when you're looking for one thing is that you're controlling your gaze. You're controlling what it is that you're searching for. But when you are just taking it in, you're more open, perceptive, and not trying to tell your environment what, you, what it looks like. <laughs> Instead, you're just taking in what's really there. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that seems like it, it's definitely related to that connection. Well, it's, it's kind of like, like the manifesting because really I, I, and Michael Neal talks about how he thinks that manifesting is, is really just filtering better. 
we get better filters and we're, we're able to find things in the world of form that match what's going on in our heads. Mm-hmm. And, and you can do that. And, and there's, there's power in that. I know people who have manifested their dream homes and, and their relationships. And, and I think that there's so much more that the universe wants to show us though, that the universe wants to play. It's when it's knocking, it's really asking us to come out to play. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The hard part about, the hard part for me about manifesting is that it's based typically in some kind of desire yeah and often for me desire is more of a scarcity based Mm. phenomenon and less it's um every now and again I'll experience a desire that's not that's just for fun Mm -hmm. but usually it's it's not for me so if I catch myself pushing really hard to try and make something happen. A lot of the time, one of the best things I can do is slow down and ask myself, hold on. <laughs> why are, why are we really pushing so hard for this? Mm. And so I like the idea of, uh, of it being more the universe would like to play. Yeah. Let's play. Let's have some fun for fun, for the yeah. sake of fun and experience and not because there is some gaping hole that I need to hurry up and cram with accomplishments or things or people or, you know, by making my environment exactly what I want it to be. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yes, because When we're trying to manifest, I think that really what we're seeking is a feeling. <laughs> I agree and we're, we're thinking, oh, if I get this perfect partner or, oh, if I get this mm-hmm. perfect job, if I manifest this perfect job, then I will be content, happy, et cetera, et cetera. It's, it's that formula that, that if I get this, then this will happen. But the funny thing is, is that we're terrible predictors mm-hmm. at how we're going to feel in any situation. And that's because of a simple misunderstanding that our feelings we think that they're validating the situation or confirming the situation when we're angry it's because of that other person, but really it's only confirming our thinking. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the time, if we do achieve something, create something, and, and we don't feel the way that we thought we mm-hmm. would, it is just a thought gone astray. Yeah. There's something that I'm thinking about that I didn't foresee. I didn't think I would think this way. Maybe I didn't know that the new job would come with 
the stress of learning how to lead a team of 10 people. And I just thought once I get the job, everything will be sunshine, roses, daisies. I will be perfectly happy forever. Yeah. But maybe I didn't know when I was predicting that, that I would have new mountains to climb. And uh, the thought about those mountains might not be a great connected feeling thought. Mm -hmm. Ooh, this, this brings up something that I really want to talk about too. Mm -hmm. This is a metaphor that I've been using that is really, I feel like on it, that we are trying to pick through our lives. It's kind of like we're on this hike and it's a very exposed hike. We have, we're walking along this, this ridge, this knife's edge. And so we have to be super careful with where we place our feet. And some people are even crawling forward and some people have even stopped in the middle and they're just huddling. And on one side, is fear on on this side we'll say is fear of failure i can't make mistakes i can't i'm not good enough i'm not going to be good enough and on this side of the cliff is fear actually of success hmm. that once i get there i'm not going to know what to do and people will block themselves from success because of that fear of success. Mm -hmm. And I'm betting people are just scared to death walking this ridge of life with fear on either side. And it might not be fear of success and failure. It might be fear of something else, fear of unworthiness, fear of being rejected, fear mm -hmm. of, my authentic self of being my authentic self and the funny thing is is that we're actually walking through a field a field of flowers we're making up that there are cliffs on either side the cliffs are made of our thinking the floor is made of lava. The floor is we're being made real careful not to, <laughs> we're being real careful not to touch the lava, but yeah. we're, we're just wearing we're wearing the wrong glasses here. <laughs> yeah. It's like the kids' game that they say, Oh, don't step on the lava, and you're like, Oh, I'll be okay. Yeah, I can step on the lava <laughs> because I know. It's just couch cushions, dad. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. Play and fun and humor mm. are such wonderful things to open yourself up to. And uh, it seems like a lot of us, at least, my experience here. Um, once my social self emerged, 
-hmm. around like puberty or so. And I started thinking about how others perceived me. That sense, it's not that I wasn't a silly teenager, of course I was, but that sense of fun and play and everything just gets so serious, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know? And, And I think that's kind of that person who's very carefully you know even getting down and crawling to not make a mistake to not face the fear to not to not fail um there's not a lot of play or fun or humor to be had in that experience and it seems like a real shame not to tap into that yeah it's reasonable because we're innocently using the power of thought against ourselves. Mm -hmm. Our consciousness is this feeling making machine and it it makes the feelings based off our, our thoughts and it makes it real. Mm -hmm. It makes it so real that we get lost in it and, and we forget we take it so seriously. Mm-hmm. And if we didn't, then heck, it, we would get to play. We, we would, life would become a game. Mm-hmm. The universe will knock on our door and, and ask us to come out. It's Especially- our universe neighbor kid. Yeah, yeah. Coming it's, over it's, to say, can you play? <laughs> it's really us. We're, we're asking ourselves. That is really beautiful. Yeah. Can you come out to play stuff? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let me get my bike. <laughs> Got chalk in the garage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I really appreciate, um, I really appreciate that uh, everything that you teach has, has that an element of um, relaxation as opposed to tensing, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. telling a joke. Yeah. That's relaxation getting in touch with the universe that's relaxation let's just let it go (laughs) have fun play explore yeah Mm -hmm. it can be that way it can be that way i think What do you think stops people from seeing it that way? I mean, I guess you kind of already answered that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But, but it's not just your thoughts. It's like you talked about taking your thoughts so seriously. They're just thoughts in our in our heads, but they can we can make them into the we can make them into this experience, this whole like 
feeling experience of of being angry at someone because they did something to us or or being hurt because we weren't included or thought of and that it's just not personal that's the key here it's not personal it's not personal If we, I mean, we can start to to take it less and less personally, right? Like we can take it less personally if if somebody cuts us off in traffic, we can be like, oh, I've cut people off in traffic. (laughs) Or we can be angry. But even some of the most challenging parts of our lives, we start to see that that thought is being in, in, innocently used against somebody is using it against themselves. They're hurting themselves. And that's what's causing them to be angry with us or, or have an edge to their voice or be difficult. And, and then it becomes less and less and less personal. I'm working on that. I, I I'm wondering if there will be, come a point where I see I see that that nothing is personal Mm -hmm. especially as it relates to other people yeah if that's what we're talking about is relationship especially as it relates to other people it's not personal no because even if you did something I mean I I guess I'm not encouraging anyone to go out and do what they can to hurt someone else's feelings on purpose but but even if you did something say to you know a a friend that you think not my best work (laughs) and your friend is also thinking (laughs) not your best work, right? <laughs> Even if you both agree, um, the way that I see that is that is my mind telling me that wasn't my best work. Mm. And that is my friend's mind telling them, <laughs> I didn't like that. Mm-hmm. So depending on the response from the friend, it isn't really personal because I have my thoughts about what I did and you have your thoughts and they aren't necessarily the same, even if we both agree that the thing wasn't good, (laughs) you know? Yeah. And so their behavior toward me shifts, even that isn't really personal. It's not really, even though we agree, it's not really coming from my thoughts. It's coming from their thoughts. And your experience of this situation and any situation notice I said experience because there are things that that happen in the world but your experience of them is a hundred percent coming from inside and isn't it cool that even though that is the case you are still always plugged in yeah I love that you brought up the stars a beloved um physics 
professor of mine in college uh, ended his lecture courses on the final day of every quarter semester by giving a lecture about how we're all made of star stuff. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. so his message, his message on the final day with his students was you're special because you're made of star stuff. How cool is that? But yeah. also you're all made of star stuff. <laughs> you're all the same. <laughs> that's the cool part because, yeah. and that's what we, I, I talk about with a little bit more with, with people is that, and, and that's will actually be our next episode. Um, stay tuned is you, you leave the story and then you come back to it and you're ordinary. You're after having these realization after being a part of the universe, you realize that everybody's a part of the universe. And, and that specialness is beautiful and amazing and, and magnificence. And I, I can't even add more words. I could try, but that everybody has it. Mm -hmm. And that's cool too. It doesn't take away from what you have. And now everybody's human and everybody is made of stardust. Mm -hmm. Wow. <laughs> I think one there. Thank you so much for listening and thank you to my amazing guest, Steph Stewart. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah.